Welcome, everybody, to another awesome episode of Why We Geek, the podcast where we take a piece of culture, geek culture in particular, uh, we pick it apart, we analyze it, we show why we love it, occasionally, sometimes why we dislike it. But today, I don't think that's actually going to be happening because we're talking about yet another genre-specific anime episode here. And I've got a special guest with me as uh, I am discussing shonen anime today with uh, Shay Terry. Is it Shay Terry that we actually go with? Shay uh, Terry. So, so Shay Terry of, uh, she is basically one half of the Senshi Annie Girls podcast that goes on, I think it's monthly for you guys on YouTube. Yeah. So, unfortunately, we weren't able to bring in the other co host last month, but we have Shay here today. Shay, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing awesome because we're going to actually talk about <laughs> a, a, a specific sect of anime that. I'm not knocking my friends here and there, but there's not too many people I can actually talk about them with. And like I said, we're going to be talking shonen anime today. And before we get into the questions, I just want to do a quick description for people who don't necessarily know what that is and just love the Why We Geek podcast. And welcome. We love you guys, honestly. Shonen basically... As as far as uh, meaning goes, you know, I, I actually had to look this up, but shonen basically means anime for younger kids. Okay, so a lot of the anime that we're going to be bringing up are targeted towards kids, but in a lot of cases, they also can be targeted towards adults. They also have specific set tropes that can th- that can happen. In particular, there's probably some kind of a power level that can be analyzed. There's tournaments of some kind that are going to be part of those series. And Shonen actually is, is probably one of the bigger genres in the anime scope because there's so many anime that can be brought in and classified as such. I mean, some of the magical girl anime we brought in last month could also be classified as shonen. I mean, uh, we were actually just doing a pre-show where we were talking about Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon technically is classified as shonen as well as, I believe its own distinction is shoujo. Uh, So you have those, you have Cardcaptor Sakura can also be qualified as such. Uh, I know Ray Earth doesn't fall under the qualification, but somebody was actually telling me Cutie Honey, since it's been lasting so long, technically falls also under the classification. So now that I've bored you all to death with an actual dictionary meaning, that's what I do here, people. uh, Let's actually go ahead and get into our first question. And I always start this podcast off the same way. And that is, Shay, what is your first exposure to? I'm going to actually broaden the first one to anime period okay so like what was your first ever exposure to anime and then what was the anime that got you solidly as a shonen fan okay so for example i'll go ahead and answer it while you think of your answer uh for me like my first exposure is like any kid of the 80s voltron okay voltron was was like my first exposure getting up at sunday morning waiting for transformers to come on and it was also coupled with this other show called voltron defender of the universe I'm not even I, I could go into the Peter Cullen dialogue. I really got from days of long ago. Never mind. <laughs> but that was my first exposure to anime and actually got me into the medium. There were other videotapes and things like that, that that got me hooked. What got me hooked, however, as a fan of shonen anime, um, at least solidly of that that particular franchise, I didn't have a whole lot of exposure to things like Dragon Ball growing up. They were always on weird channels that I never got access to until uh, when I moved up to Idaho, I got access to the weird oceanic dub that that people love to make fun of. 
it's the other one aside from like the four kid or the the other dub uh before funimation took over that everybody liked to make fun of but my first exposure was actually when we finally got access to cartoon network and i got to see a series by the name of yu yu hakusho aka poltergeist report and i didn't know what it was about i didn't know anything because i came in in the middle of the series and I literally looked at it and went, this is Dragon Ball, because I knew the concept of Dragon Ball, but I didn't know all of the details. But I'm like, this is Dragon Ball, but with demons. And yet somehow it's way more compelling, way more compelling. So those are kind of my answers to it. Shay, what was your first exposure to anime? And then what made you a solid fan of Shonen anime? For me, my first exposure to anime was I was six and I just remember every day coming home after school and I would have to watch Sailor Moon and I remember it would come on right before Gargoyle used to come on TV really and yes you and had to block that had Gargoyles it. and Sailor Moon together that is that blew I my did mind. but I wasn't a huge fan of Gargoyles but I tried to watch it but I remember watching Sailor Moon and I was obsessed with that show I used to have to watch it every day after school eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at my grandparents house (laughs) and when they ended the first season when they fought queen barrel i actually cried watching all the sailor scouts die or be defeated or lose let's just go with the dragon ball (laughs) definition here they all faded into another dimension yes and now i remember i remember just bawling my eyes out and crying and i was like seven years old watching it and that was my first exposure and then what got me hooked, though, onto the, the shonen realm in general was Dragon Ball Z. But I originally didn't like Dragon Ball Z because my brother was obsessed with it. So he had the toys and all of the above. So then I ended up watching it with him. And it would come on at like 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the morning on weekdays. And we would watch it before going to school every morning. And I didn't like watching it. I was like, I want to watch something else. Why do you like this? The heat loved it so then i then became obsessed with it as well although i came up came obsessed with it later on than he did as he was fading out of it i was like coming into liking it and then i really started to enjoy it a lot more when i realized it was coming on to toonami and that's when toonami aired between like five and seven in the evening and i remember wanting to watch it because i wanted to see the frieza saga and i only wanted to see goku become a super saiyan because i wanted to see krillin die and for him to become (laughs) that is definitely a moment i would have loved to have seen on like live tv um just to see a bunch of people react to that i had to wait later until like renting a video and seeing it and and i'll admit like that took kind of the luster out of it is mm-hmm. like oh okay well i can just rewind it whenever and i can see this ascension of power that uh has pretty much defined that series like from there on in there has to be another uh startling transformation i mean they they just yeah. barely they just barely ended the tournament of power didn't they yeah so they, they just barely ended that saga it had to end with a transformation so that's that's something that's literally defined their their genre there um, but I especially love the story that you had there is like you had to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with your Sailor Moon. It's like, Grandma, Grandpa, you ruined my afternoon. Oh, I used to hate if they like had to run errands because I, I think Sailor Moon would come on like 3.30 or 4. And this was, of course, before kids, there was like DVRs and able to record your show so you could watch it later. It was like, if you missed it, you missed it. And I used to hate if my grandparents were like, oh, I have to run an errand before we go home. And I was like, 
no, I'm gonna miss my favorite movie. <laughs> I was like, I'm so upset. You're Darth Vader in episode three. No. Yes. And then I remember buying like the videotapes for it. And this was when Blockbuster was still around. And I remember buying the Sailor Moon Promise of the Rose on VHS. And then gotcha. buying the Sailor Moon movie S on, on uh, VHS. And then so on and so forth. And then my brother, of course, had Dragon Ball Z videos that he bought. The History of Trucks. Um, Broly, the legendary Super Saiyan. And us watching it, you know, with my dad. And my dad not understanding Dragon Ball Z at all. He's like, all I hear is screaming half the time. And I don't understand what you're watching. Yeah, my my dad was kind of there too. Like, <laughs> like he knew enough that... Uh, my dad would literally look at, at anime and just go, it, he, liter he literally would say this, it's lazy animation. And the only reason that he would say that is because he was used to Disney, you know, like Disney would mm -hmm. do continuous cell animation, whereas anime was always trying to find those ways to cut the budget kind of thing. So, <laughs> you know, his example always would be like Speed Racer. And look, I, I'm not necessarily saying he's wrong. I mean, Speed Racer is just kind of hokey. But at the same time, you know, this is what they did as cost-cutting measures to not have to animate every single thing um mm -hmm. but yeah so so we have um the first thing that got you into it was sailor moon and then you said mm -hmm. you're the thing that kept you into shonen was dragon ball so at that yeah. point that's an interesting switch there because like you said your your brother was the dragon ball z fan and then eventually mm -hmm. you just kind of came into your own on that i guess mm -hmm. the additional question i've got to ask is so has that continued on have you been watching super and and all of that i have i remember at one point i was watching when dvz kai came out i was watching that for a little bit before that got canceled and before that was no longer a thing i haven't watched dragon ball z super yet i think i'm waiting because of the fact that i i'm so used to like watching dragon ball z dubbed that i yes. haven't watched it sub so that for me was like i have to wait but my boyfriend loves watching dragon ball z super so he's been watching it so he's just like you have to watch this i'm like i haven't seen any of it I'll admit, I have not spoiled the, like, I've seen pieces of the Tournament of Power. Like, I, I poked in at episode 109, 110 to see Ultra Instinct like anybody else did. But I'm I'm literally not spoiling anything else in that turn, Tournament of Power because I'm so used to the Funimation dub at this point. I need to hear it from them. I need to hear Chris Sabat as, as Vegeta. Otherwise, yes. it sounds so weird to hear the Japanese voice now. Yeah, like, for I'll, me, there's a lot of shows I'm like that with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah like there are very few times where i i will sacrifice enough to go and watch the sub of a, a particular anime uh in particular like a like when a new gundam series comes out i'll watch that because i can wait for a dub on that uh and then full metal alchemist brotherhood that was so good i couldn't wait and i actually did watch that sub so yeah, that, that for, was another thing too no, another show that i remember i waited but I had I had to wait for it to be dubbed, and I tried it subtitled, but I just couldn't do it with Inuyasha. I watched it when yeah. Final Act came out, and everyone was just like, "Oh, Final Act is finally out!" And I was like, "Oh my god, they're gonna have an ending." Okay, I'll watch it subbed, and then they showed Sashomaru, and he talked, and I was like, "I can't do it. I gotta wait for the dub." And I ended up no. waiting for the dub, and I didn't care. People were like, "Just watch it subbed." I was like, "I can't. It See, sounds so different." I heard the sub uh, of Final Act, and I was so disappointed in it that um, this is actually how I coaxed my my then brands, like we had just barely gotten married, wife to come and watch the previous seasons of Inuyasha with me, just so that we could wait out the dub for Final Act, and then finally I was able to see Final Act dubbed. Okay, so we so we have these questions in particular. So uh, that. Basically, these are the absolute favorites that we have. The next question that I need to get into, because everybody loves to have this discussion 
about shonen and that is always it comes to the protagonists now the protagonists always kind of have that default they have to have this trait in their personality they have to always want to fight things like that you know the best way to look at it if you're not uh if you're not a fan of shonen look at goku in in dragon ball z he's kind of the template for for a shonen protagonist and so at that point, um, we, I, I mean, there are deviations here and there, but let's go ahead and go there. What is your, who is your favorite shonen protagonist? Because here's the thing, you can love Dragon Ball Z, but if you talk to a lot of fans, Goku's not their, fa- their favorite. Like, I know a lot of people who are of the camp that uh, when the Boo Saga happened, Goku should never have been shown. Uh, it should have totally been around Gohan. And I do know like a bunch of other people who will go, well, Dragon Ball Z is great, but its protagonist really sucks. So who is your favorite shonen protagonist? My favorite shonen protagonist. I kind of want to go with Yusuke from the Yu Yu show. It's kind of one of my favorites because while he loved to fight, he wasn't the all around nice guy either. Like mm-hmm. he was, he was bad. Like he, he was a juvenile delinquent and they showed that from the very beginning of the series. He was still a very likable character, but he kind of had that Vegeta-esque essence about him because Vegeta was my favorite character in Dragon Ball Z, even though he's the bad guy, like he's my favorite. Yeah. But that's how Yusuke was for me. It's like, you, you can't, he's supposed to be bad, but you're like, I like him. Like, I like that he's rough around the edges. See, see, for me with Vegeta, it was always the fact that he was a really good redemption story because, you know, my story to Z is like I knew stuff about it and I saw stuff later. But my first official exposure into it was the Boo Saga. Yes, the dreaded Boo Saga that everybody hates. Like everybody goes, Cell Saga, greatest thing ever that happened in DBZ. And then I, I say, well, I started the Boo Saga. You're like, Boo, you started at the worst possible place. But that's when Vegeta actually becomes like a legit redemption story. So at that point, that's why I love Vegeta as a character. So I could totally relate with you on that. And I'm also just very proud because I didn't actually bring up Yusuke. You brought him up. So <laughs> that means I can talk about him. Um, yeah, actually, here's the thing. Sh- uh, one of my favorite shonen protagonists has always been Yusuke Yonameshi. And the only reason that he is is because he is such a departure from the shonen protagonist. He is such an anti-Goku. He is a delinquent. You're not supposed to like him. In fact, most fans that I talked to about Yu Yu Hakusho when they watched it the first time, they didn't like him. They didn't like Yusuke. They didn't like Kurabara. They either drifted to Kurama or Hiei. And for, for different reasons, like if they wanted that smart character, they loved Kurama. And if they were into Vegeta-esque character, strangely enough, they were into Hiei. So mm-hmm. like they would always love that character first, but then they get to that second playthrough of Yu Yu Hakusho and go, holy crap, Yusuke is actually a really cool and interesting uh, take on the show on the shonen protagonist because he's not likable he's not even mm-hmm. trying to be likable but he has all of the traits there people still tend to uh want to fight him again they they want to be able to be part of his life and that's mm-hmm. that's why in a lot of cases i love yu yu Hakusho because it's not just you know we're telling the saga of goku having to deal with this threat that's coming from beyond the stars instead it's a because i think yu yu Hakusho starts up and they're 12 13 or 14 one of the one of that age Mm -hmm. and then it ends at them being 17 and so at that point they're on the cusp of being an adult and so you literally get to see yusuke grow up from episode one till the end Mm -hmm. and so it's actually an an honest to gosh 
saga that you can watch like him as he develops through the various cases that he's taken on. And even, you know, as much as people want to make fun of the, the demon world tournament saga, which is even I'll admit, it's not the greatest thing that's been written into that show, but as far as use K development, it actually mm -hmm. is really the best there. Like th this is where he starts to become a full on adult and, yeah. and he becomes the likable character that we all appreciate. Um, the other one that I'll also throw out here, and maybe you'll agree with me with this, maybe not, but if we're actually following the rules of a legit shonen protagonist, because again, Yusuke is a departure. Um, yeah. If we're following a legit shonen protagonist, I'm going to get so so much flack for this, but I'm going to say uh, Naruto Uzumaki from Shippuden. And the only reason that yeah. I'm going to do that is because I've literally had this discussion with people. He is Goku done right. Like when you look at Goku, it's funny that super like actually takes the thing we were all concerned about with Goku and actually brings it in as a legit problem. Okay. <laughs> is that he has to fight the next big guy and it's always been a problem and we've never acknowledged it. Um, but with Naruto, they take that exact same foil and then just say, okay, well, we don't want to do just, he enjoys fighting for the sake of fighting. We also want to make him like a legit protector. And as much as we all want to make fun of the whole, what is it? They call it talk no jutsu. That, that is his power and his power alone. Yeah. Uh, talk no jutsu, like for as much as we want to make fun of that, it's what makes Naruto very relatable to a lot of people because he doesn't just look at, at his enemy. He understands where they're at because a lot of the enemies that he's dealing with are very much like himself and what he had to deal with. The only difference is he had Iruka. He had numerous other things to pull him away from the dark side and, you know, he could have just become a guy who wanted to destroy the world like anybody else. But instead, he had that support circle that came in near the later end that helped him to be able to understand all of these villains, but at the same time, want to end their tyranny and want to want to save the day kind of thing. So I will always appreciate Naruto Uzumaki for being a proper foil of a shonen yeah. protagonist. Yeah. I also agree with you on that one, because. Naruto was also very likable, whereas a lot of people for Goku was always like, like you said, like a love hate. Like people liked him because he was the protagonist, but then he had some major issues with his own character that made people kind of dislike him. Yep. So with Naruto, since he always had that underlying like of him being alone, of him being isolated, and you know his backstory, that made him so much more likable because he had a problem but he's also trying to overcome that own issue. And you see him not letting the fact that he has been isolated by the villagers of the Leaf Village not basically basically bring him down. Because I remember watching his, like, um, his backstory when they do, like, a whole flashback episode and they show, like, how he was treated and everything yeah. else. Just from him being a little kid. And I remember, like, watching that episode with, like, tears in my eyes and, like, man, like, I really enjoy Naruto as a character. Like, even though he's a protagonist and yeah, he's going to be powering up and fighting everybody. But since he has this deep rooted, you know, backstory that so many people can probably relate to in different parts of their life, if they've ever felt isolated or alone or anything like that, that they can see that and be like, okay, I deeply understand this character. Well, and what, one of the things that actually was really cool about Naruto is, yeah, this is another trait of Shonen is you get a bunch of flashback episodes to bring people up to speed. But 
his was one of those few cases where I didn't mind it because every time mm-hmm. they did it, they always had a new element to be able to add. So like his relationship with Sasuke, his relationship with Irika. Uh, one of my particular favorites is when he eventually gets to meet his father and his mother um, through the various vision quests or whatever he's doing to be able to, to have that because he gets their history but then he also gets to have the praise that we all like are in tears going, he deserves this so much that he's so much more than what his father was in his day. He is so much more than what uh, his mother was in her day. And you get to see like why in Boruto he is, I'm not going to say worshiped as a God, but basically the one thing that ties the entire ninja world together Mm -hmm. kind of thing, because their love of Naruto is, is what actually helps things uh, remain as peaceful as they are in in now Boruto instead of uh, Naruto. And actually, the, what's funny is our, our chat is actually agreeing with us. Uh, Naruto beats DBZ. So we actually have uh, Art of Anime, uh, one of our people in the chat, uh, telling us that van- even vanilla Naruto beats DBZ Goku, in my opinion. Uh, but I like <laughs> vanilla Goku over... You like vanilla Goku over vanilla Naruto. And I would technically agree with you on that because he's still kind of a whiny kid. But mm-hmm. Shippuden is actually what what fills him out, in my opinion. Um, that's that's the funniest thing is like the there are a few exceptions where I say original Naruto did characters better than Shippuden. And it, for example, one of mine is Rock Lee. Rock Lee was actually really cool to watch progress in regular Naruto, and I I actually got disappointed that Shippuden didn't focus on it as much. Yeah, I mean, for crying out loud, he got the DBZ fight. All right. We we all can at least give this credit. He got the DBZ fight in Naruto. He did. And by the way, that was yeah. the most badass fight ever. In, in Naruto. <laughs> all right. So th- th- that's a that's the example of shonen protagonists. I have to go to the opposite. So who is your favorite shonen villain? So the antagonists that you actually have to deal with. It doesn't necessarily have to be like. We're not saying you don't. Have, you have to couple Sasuke with Naruto, okay? You, you don't mm-hmm. have to do that if you. Because here's the thing: some people like Sasuke. I'm not in that spectrum. Um, I have problems with him, but there are great villains literally strewn throughout Shonen that, uh, whether they be subtle manipulators, whether they be um, outright just evil people, they are amazing uh threats to actually see happen and actually this one i'm going to since it's shonen is so big i'm going to expand it on it if you want to do like a top three shonen villains you're more than welcome to but uh i guess i'll go ahead and start so you can you can kind of think of some uh the the three that come to mind for me are obviously vegeta vegeta is still like a very awesome villain even in the cell games he is still very villainous And so at that point, even all of his villainous actions, just they make you hate him, but they make you love to hate him because, you know, in some weird way, he's right. Like you have to abolish this threat here and now. And he's just the only one who's willing to do the job. The second one I have to give credit to is the guy who defined Yu Yu Hakusho, and that is Shinobu Sensui. Um, Eventually, that chapter black arc, he is, you know, I've seen some people debate like, who is better, Tagoro or Sensui? They don't bring up Demon World Tournament because there technically really isn't even a villain there. Um, yeah. I mean, Yomi counts, but not really. But Sensui, there were so many layers to that character. Even when you didn't know anything about him, you, it just it made you thirst for more information. And when you thought you were done, they'd throw you a left hook and you'd be like, oh, I totally love this concept. For example, one of my favorite moments is 
the emergence of his multiple personalities. So we didn't know this up until this point. We thought we were dealing with just the legit Shinobu. And then all of a sudden, his hand turns into a gun, Yusuke shot, and he is acting 100% differently than he was before. And then you learn that there's not just one multiple personality within him. There's seven of them. You don't even meet all seven, but you almost want to meet all seven. Just to see how different they all are. So I'll bring up uh, Shinobu Sensui as also another really great uh, shonen protagonist or antagonist. And then the other one that I have to bring up is. I'm going to give you Naruto guys a, a little bit of a heads up, because even I will admit that in Shippuden, the buildup to Madara, Madara Uchiha was pretty freaking amazing. And it got ultimate payoff. I mean, you're not supposed to be cheering for him, but when he comes out and he kicks the crap out of thousands and thousands of ninja, it's damn satisfying to watch. It really is. And then just every time uh, your heroes would pull out something to help out with the struggle and then he'd pull something out, it, it just got better and better and better. I really wish Madara had shown up so much earlier in the series than he did, but he was a great climax to, well, not overall climax because eventually Kaguya happened, but uh, he was actually a really great final protagonist for the, the ninja world, not just Naruto, but the ninja world to take on. Uh, so, so who would you consider to be your three best shonen antagonists? So one of them is actually from, I don't know if it counts as like one or if it's as a whole, but I kind of want to go with the the generation of miracles in Kuroko's basketball. Okay. Just because they're, they, basically the series team had to each battle a different generation of miracles player during the tournament. So it was fun to see them get up to the final one, which was, uh, I believe his name is Akashi. And because you hear so much about him, you don't even meet him until about the third season-ish. Okay. I believe the third season when you finally meet him. But you hear so much about him and how he basically was the, like, the glue that held them all together when they played together in middle school. So when you finally meet this player and you hear like how, like, badass of a player he is that you're like man they have their work cut out for them but you're like kind of like i want to see what he has like i kind of want to see what he's what he's got but you're kind of yeah. like i want to i want to hate this character but i kind of don't because i kind of think he's actually really really cool so i want to go with him and kind of also generation knuckles as a whole because they were they were all like phenomenal to watch because I mean, I like basketball, so for me, it was just, just watching them do their moves, even though they're, like, not real moves that none of us can probably pull off. <laughs> that, that's the funny really thing about the, the sports anime, that they're literally doing stuff that defies physics. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. But just watching them, and then you're just like, oh, like, I want to hate these characters, but I want to hate them because they're they're going after the main team. But you can't, because you're like, but that's a really cool move. Like, I I love it. And in some cases, that's what makes an ultimate villain is yeah. you love to hate them. You want to see like for as much as you want to see your hero triumph, you want to see what left hook they're going to pull out of their their pouch next and yeah. uh, see what they can actually do. I I'll let that technically count as one. I mean, if because the, the justification you've made is is that it is one together. Yeah. So so who else would you put up there? I also would put, of course, I have to go with you on this one, Vegeta, because yes. I mean, he's He's like the ultimate antagonist that you love 
so much and you're like supposed once again you're supposed to hate them but you're like i i can't i can't hate you because yeah you're cool like you're like, amazing like i know a lot of people who have legit love for frieza as a mm -hmm. villain because i mean he is just a downright despicable person but even i kind of look at frieza and go well this shtick kind of gets old vegeta mm -hmm. never really did never really did yeah. he, like even when he was pulling out brand spanking mo new moves it was a whole new uh a, a whole new game for vegeta so like mm -hmm. where i could honestly say like cell shtick kind of gets old after a while frieza's shtick kind of does vegeta's never really did yeah, it just kept getting way more villainous, which is funny now because he's he's like 100 percent swerved in super. He's like the ultra good guy now. Yeah. All right. I think for my my laugh on some people might disagree with me because in reality, I don't I don't see this. I see this character as both a protagonist and an antagonist in a lot of ways. And I kind of want to go with Light Yagami and Death Note. Because like okay. he was a protagonist, but he's also kind of the antagonist because you grow to you grow to hate him because you grow to hate what he's doing sometimes. But he's also the main one of the main characters of the series, and you start to see while L is kind of brought in as an antagonist, you start to see him as a protagonist because he's trying to defeat Light. But you also love to hate Light in a lot of ways because you're like, I understand what he's doing, but he's going about it the wrong way. And you're but you're also in another way you like him because he is so smart and he's doing everything in a way that you're like, I want to see how he's gonna get out of this net. Is he okay. gonna is he gonna somehow defeat L? Is he gonna is he gonna somehow work around it and that's technically what held that series together is light versus L. I mean, as much as they I'm I'm in the camp with a lot of people where like when L died, spoiler, mm -hmm. he dies. Yeah. Um, when L died, I lost interest because, mm -hmm. uh, what was it? Mellow and near, they never yeah. met up L. They never I had his have to agree with you. Yeah. I have to agree with you on that one. Cause L was just like everything. And he was, even though he's like the, the person that's investigating, he was also such a weird character in general from how he sat to how he liked sweets. He was just, he was creepy, but he was also like amazing all in one instance and he was also very smart so seeing him and light going against each other but also on the same team in a lot of instances because they started working together even though l was like i know something's up with light but he just he couldn't once he figured it out but that was the end once he figured out what was actually going on but even to see that battle of intelligence between the both of them because l was very intelligent but light was also intelligent and for light to be a high schooler and l to be like a grown adult was like who's gonna who's gonna win in this in this battle of wills and while ultimately you know light ultimately won light also ultimately at the end lost. of things lost and and here's the <laughs> thing as, as much as i hated mellow and near that last episode where we got the final reveal and everybody got to see light for who he was it yes. was damn satisfying okay yes. so like will i will i admit that the arc going to that point was equally satisfied no no it wasn't yeah. in fact they could have literally taken those 10 or so episodes out and i would have been okay with it but you came like because i was never in the point where i liked light okay i i knew yeah. where he i knew what he was as soon as he yeah. said i will become a god of this new world yeah. i knew where he stood and so i was really waiting for his villain to step up which was l and yeah everybody agrees on that is like the in some cases, I've seen debate where you can't even consider 
like to be the protagonist. This is like the one anime yeah. where you follow the antagonist instead of the protagonist. So at that point, you have that swerve where antagonist is now hero kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I get why they did that, because you have to go through that journey of just hating when Light would get that one little detail, that one little one up mm -hmm. on L. And that's what kept things going is the is the paranoia and the rivalry that eventually came between the two of them. I've even heard people and I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with this. A lot of people comparing Light and L to um, Guts and I'm not remembering his rival in Berserk, but like that kind of a rivalry between them. I want to say Godfrey, but that, I don't think that's right. But yeah, com comparing that because you also had like the weird hintings in Berserk of bromance between the two of them. The mm -hmm. same thing happened here with L and Light. I mean, seriously, I've seen uh, Griffith. Thank you. So somebody in our live chat actually got it. So Guts and Griffith. Um, so you have you have that weird bromance between the two of them. In fact, the, the episode where L dies is like a really weird one to watch because all of a sudden you see L being like extremely compassionate towards who, who you know to be an absolute, well, dick. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> And so like seeing him do the foot rub and all is like, oh, no, L, you've got to catch him <laughs> kind of thing. Yes. That was the first time I actually remember like watching that episode and seeing L die and going, no, like, oh, my God, like what's going to happen next? Because once again, I think for me, I think I was one of the few people that at one point liked what El liked what Light was doing because he hadn't done the whole like i'm gonna be god of the new world now it was kind of like okay you're getting rid of all the people that are bad you know i'm i'm okay with that but then once he started getting a little crazy with it and talking about god of the new world i was like okay yeah you're you've gone to deep end and like i tell people a lot of times is that light was a great example of what can happen when a person gets way too much power and then they become corrupt because he started out doing good but then he got that power of the of the death note and seeing what it can all do and how it can all change and he was just like i'm gonna just write off whoever i want and i was like yeah. great like he, example he, he may have been like a really great guy as a high school student but then when you handed him the proverbial armageddon spell the history mm -hmm. eraser button you just see how mad with power he gets and how quickly that actually can happen. Yeah. So that, that's actually a really good uh, comparison that we got there. But I think we could also both agree that Death Note also provided us with one of the most silly villains ever. And I'm going to give that to Teru Mikami because it was absolutely satisfying to see him just go, delete, delete, delete. And then we'd even have like the, the shonen <laughs> movements of him, delete right off or doing like baller ballerina spins while he was killing yes. people off oh my gosh that is so freaking satisfying to watch yeah. like it almost makes sitting through mellow and near worth it so even the potato chip scene was one of my favorites too when he had the, the when he had the uh, tv in the potato chip bag and he was like i'll take this potato chip and i'll eat it and i was like oh my god i can't take a potato chip and eat it yeah dude, even, <laughs> even i kind of sat there and went that is the hammiest line read but man, that was satisfying to listen to Amaro Ray say it. Because it's the same guy. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the funniest thing is, is like the guy who played Light Yagami eventually went on. Like he's done so many Gundam series for them for uh, for Sunrise. So like I'm sitting there going, dude, I am literally hearing Setsuna F. Seye and Katra Rababa winner and Amaro Ray all talking about potato chip chips and eating it. 
and it's the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. And I even love the the act the voice actor for L, um, who actually the only credit he had before then was he was on Battlestar Galactica, the the sci-fi reboot. So all right, we talked about the best. We've talked about the the absolute worst villains that we can possibly uh discuss here. The next thing that we need to get into, and it's not necessarily a criticism because it can go either way, but it is something with Shonen that we have to address, and that is the filler arcs. Oh, and yeah. so so this is going to be kind of a two pronged question. What the first being. Um, sorry, you're moving your laptop. That's actually like, whoa, OK, I, I'm I'm sorry, right I was my, uh, my laptop charger. No, no, it's all right. Um, so at that point, the first question is, what is your overall viewpoint on a filler arc? Like, you know, do you think that they're necessary for a shonen series or it, like, do you think that there are good or bad ones kind of thing? And uh, then the, the next question is basically if you have a best filler arc you could go ahead and mention it and a worst filler arc um my opinion on on filler arcs is look there, there's actually something i can get why a lot of people don't like filler okay because when you're when you're like 250 episodes into an anime and you're very invested in the plot line that it's trying to tell you the fact that you have to realize that, yeah, a mangaka hasn't necessarily finished out that arc, and so they have to buy time for him to do so. So you can understand that that particular aspect. It's still frustrating. So yeah. I, I will agree with a lot of people that it is frustrating. But filler has been done well in Shonen series. Um, there are very few examples that I can actually make, but basically the, the filler arcs that do make it that are worth it are the ones that are treated as technical canon, um, especially yeah. if they try to give you a, a character development arc with a character that wouldn't necessarily get a whole lot of development. Um, you know, the, the best example, and this is actually one of my worst, is there's actually a couple of really good Naruto arcs where they they do development on, say, Sakura or Hinata or Rock Lee. And they actually are really cool development-wise for those characters, but then when they're non-canonical and they're never mentioned again, it's like, oh, well, well, that's kind of pointless. That's kind of dumb. And that's like, that's like my only beef with with uh, with filler with filler arcs is you can do them. I, I have no problem with it, but you got to make them canon. Otherwise, the characters are overall hurt by it. Even your main characters can be hurt by it. Uh, what's what's your take on filler arcs? I don't mind filler arcs if kind of like you they kind of become canon or if you don't recognize them as being filler arcs i don't like the filler arcs that all of a sudden the characters are on this strange journey and then you're like wait i'm so confused what was the point of this those are the ones i hate and i do not like yeah um or they try to introduce whole new threats that never show up again like the the one that i bring yes. up with a lot of people is in bleach where they made their their version of vampires roughly that, and that's actually never my worst yeah that, that's the, that's my worst one i i hated the bounce arc it made no sense and then they gave um what's his name um Uriu a love interest kind yeah. of he fell in love with someone or liked someone and you never hear about her again Yeah, because you went right back was, into the iran car arc and she was gone yes yes i think for me though i gotta say um, if I'm, uh, if it's okay with me to say my favorite filler arc, um, I have to go with Full Metal Alchemist. 
that's probably my favorite because when they came out with Brotherhood, everyone was like, oh, it's going to be following the manga. Oh, so you're talking and, like the 2003 series. Yeah, because I never okay. I never realized because because of the fact that people say it's deviated so much from the, it deviated from the original source material. You never would have known unless you had actually since I had not read the Fumada Alchemist manga. Mm-hmm. They did it very, very well. And from a lot of people whom I know who have read it and then who have watched the other three series, they still really, really like it because they know that there was really any more source material from the go based off of. And they did it. They just went, went along with it, but it still came out really, really well. And then when I watched Brotherhood and I saw that it did follow yeah. the original manga and the original source material, I still really enjoyed it. And yes, there were some characters that weren't there anymore. But I recognized that because I was like, okay, they, they weren't in the manga, so I know that they're not going to be in this in this series. But that was probably my favorite. I gotta probably give it up to that one because you know, you know really what? Good. Given the argument that you've given, I completely agree with you because I like both the 2003 FMA as well as Brotherhood. I like Brotherhood a little bit more, and and the main reason okay. I do is because some of the homunculi and some of the other character decisions that were done were done so much so much better in Brotherhood, in my opinion. I mean, for crying out loud, I finally got Ed and Winry getting together, which never happened in 03. That was <laughs> <Yes>. stupid. <laughs> Everyone wanted that. I, I wish I could have done a, an awkward proposal to get married like Ed did. Equivalent exchange! I will give half my life and you will give half of yours! Yes. Yeah, that is definitely going to get you married, guys. Um... <laughs> But I, I'm I'm appreciative that they did that. But there were actually a lot of things done really well in the 2003 Full Metal Alchemist that I have to at least give credit for. In particular, Hohenheim. I felt Hohenheim had so much more actual development in the brief amount of time he had in 2003 compared to Brotherhood, which basically focused on well the the evil Hohenheim the. Uh, the ultimate homunculus which looked like him but the actual hohenheim got very little development in brotherhood so i like the fact that we got that um i actually did like the concept of the 2003 wrath uh mm-hmm. where, where basically we found out what happened to ed and al's legs and our or what was it ed's arm and al's no ed's arm and leg were both on wrath and also partially because of Al's body. So at that point, you got a really cool character out of that, even though I also do like the fact that uh, the Fuhrer in Brotherhood is Wrath in that. And instead, they have a whole new pride. And that pride mm-hmm. works a little bit better than the Fuhrer. So given your argument, I actually agree. Like, 03 is a really good filler arc. Well, they filled out uh, Full Metal Alchemist and then eventually did Brotherhood. And mm-hmm. Brotherhood is the superior deal although i will give props to conqueror of shambhala it's like one of the few anime movies that i still can watch every now and then yeah they gave everybody what they wanted without putting the show on a hiatus which is what i think a lot of people don't always like is when a show just stops because there's no more source materials that's why people come out with filler arcs but instead of them doing that which is very similar to like naruto did because they Mm -hmm. went on like a hiatus and then they came out with shifidin once they had more source material which a lot of people did like but naruto still did have fillers in between in both naruto the original one and both in shifidin 
Well, and I also think that the transition was very helpful, not just for the mm -hmm. manga cub, but also for the audience is that eventually, you know, yes, this is a kid's anime and, I, and I'm not necessarily faulting it for that. But when your side characters are more liked than your main characters in there, you obviously need to kind of look at the drawing board a little bit and refigure out, like, how am I going to get people to like Naruto? Shippuden is, is amazing in so many regards to these characters because it actually takes stuff you absolutely hated about them in the original and fixes them by basically saying they grew up. And it makes sense for them to do so. Naruto's a much better character in Shippuden compared <clears throat> to his original. And, he, you know, in his original form, he's just a comic relief kind of protagonist. He's yeah. very much like a Monkey D. Luffy or a Goku. Um, it helps seeing a character grow up. Yeah, exactly. I think that, that's, I mean, that's where a lot of people find the dilemma with Pokemon is that you never see Ash <laughs> after you're all he's stage 10 and everyone's like, he's, He's over 10 years old by now. In instead of seeing him, him <laughs> instead of seeing him grown up, you just see him grown more derpy. <laughs> exactly. You're just like, he's still 10. I'm sorry, I'm so guys. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that is, <laughs> is very much against the new animation style for Pokemon. Like, I don't have a problem with Ash. If they want to keep him 10 years old, that's, that's fine. I don't have to watch. But when they did that whole sun and moon transition, I'm just like, well, he didn't grow up. He just grew more derpy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they did. And also just oh yeah, by the way, we're gonna put Misty and Brock with them again. No reason. We're just gonna do it. Gee, I almost wonder like they're if they're trying to recreate the first season. Maybe you should have just ended want... things. <laughs> I know people don't want them to actually end. Like they they there are literally people out there. I've met them that want like for every new game that comes out to be a, a season of Pokemon that covers it. I'm just like, well, guys, but the show's been going on for so many years and they've it's been over 20 years. Like it's been out at least yeah. they said almost like 20 years. This, this show has been out. There's only so many times that you can take an episode that you did in Indigo and bring it back in Johto and bring it back in Hoenn and if for, for it to still remain relevant. I mean, there'll be new kids that'll watch it, but for somebody who's been watching, like my wife, who's been watching from episode one and consistently watches where she's seen that story arc before and she knows what it is and and she could literally go back and watch the first episode that she saw it in and be okay with it it's been going for 20 years eventually a series has to end you know it's one of the it's one of those things where i, I still have that argument like the simpsons will never die yes it will yes it yeah. will eventually <laughs> All right. And uh, so we're, we're actually running out of time here, but I do have one additional question that I want to get to. And that mm -hmm. is, this is something that I've actually seen in your vlogs. You handled quite a bit mm -hmm. and I've dealt with it a number of, of times in my life is, and when we're going to theme it around Shonen. So at that point, like if, if somebody actually came to you today, like a friend of yours just said, you know, I've been looking to get into this whole anime thing and I would love to try this Shonen stuff out with you. What is like the one series you'd recommend to anybody who's walking in like unaffected by any form of anime? Like this has to be the gateway drug of, of shonen anime. Ooh, that's it's actually kind of hard because for me, it like, is hard. all the ones that I've ever recommended, like Cowboy Bebop worked, but Cowboy Bebop yeah. shonen. <laughs> so right. like for me, I always go based off of who it is that's mostly asking me and like based off of what their personality is. So like yeah. with my friends, I've, I've recommended like Oran High School Host Club or like Peach Girl and stuff like that. But yeah. it's like a shonen, man. 
I probably would have to go with probably either probably like Full Metal Alchemist or maybe even Death Note just because they they show just because since a lot of people I know who know anything about anime always deviate to like the 90s anime that we watched as kids so they always deviate to like Pokemon, Sailor Moon and also of course DBZ so to I would have to give them something that's a little bit more like darker while it still has some comedic aspects, like how Fullmetal Alchemist has some comedy in it with Ed saying, I'm not sure, not, and everything else. But I also want to show them that anime has a lot deeper than that, like as far as the yeah. storylines are concerned. So I'd probably have to go with something like that. And I, I wouldn't recommend a super long series like Naruto because of the fact it is so daunting because of how many episodes yeah. it is. So I'd be that, like, that's like oh, trying to tell somebody to start from issue one of Batman. Right. It's not, not going to work. <laughs> no. And I feel like if I did give them a longer series to watch, it would probably be, be Inuyasha. Because while it is long, it does have a lot of different aspects in it. It has the shonen, but it also has the romance with Kagome and Inuyasha. And you're talking about like, just get together already. And then you have <laughs> Kikyo. And then you have the funny with Moroku and Songo. And so that has a lot of different aspects to it. Too, if they want a longer series, but if they want something... A little bit short, probably Death Note because it's kind of dark, but it's also like keeps you on the edge of edge of their seat. Mm-hmm. Um, a funny story is I actually got my dad to watch the Death Note live action, not the one on Netflix that everyone's thinking of. Oh, I actually, hey. I actually, I actually bought oh, somebody the one actually that watched was... that one. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did watch the one on Netflix. Oh my god! Um, I actually ended up buying the Death Note live action that they did in Japan, and then was okay. dubbed by the voice actors, the original voice actors. And mm. I actually had my dad watch it because I told my dad a lot about the show, and my dad found it very interesting. So we found the live action, and I had him watch it, and he actually enjoyed it. And so mm. I was suddenly surprised. So I was just like, "All right, he enjoyed it." I was like, "That's good." Yeah, my as we we pointed out in the the beginning of the podcast, my dad has has always been very or he was very anti anime for a long time, until I was actually able to get this isn't a shown example, but I got um, a series by the name of Witch Hunter Robin. It had been shown on Adult Swim here and there, and as soon as I got it on DVD, like I was binge watching it, and he watched it with me, and it's the only time I ever got him to actually sit down and watch uh, anime with me, and he didn't complain. Uh, and the only reason that he liked it was because it reminded him so much of the X-Files for some weird reason. So, and he was a big fan of the X-Files. So yeah. at that point, like that's the one anime that I was able to get him into. Eventually we branched into, I th- think, I think we finished the 2003 full metal alchemist before um, he, he wouldn't watch any more, but yeah, this is, this is definitely a hard one. I agree with you that it needs to be a short arc. So like death mm-hmm. note where it's like 26 episodes is where you need to go. Um. Yeah, if you try with like Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z, there's just there's too much there for, mm-hmm. for somebody to digest. And if you're trying to get somebody just brand spanking new into it, a show with like 500 episodes isn't really going to do the do the job. One I would probably recommend it. I don't know if this would technically count as shonen, but I'm just going to bounce it out to the chat and see what you guys think. Outlaw Star, because it's probably like. I know the comparisons to Cowboy Bebop and yeah, there are some subtle comparisons that you can do, but I think that there's enough of the whimsy and adventure of Shonen in Outlaw Star that, and it's short enough that you could probably get other people into it. Mm -hmm. 
But as you kind of brought up, it depends on personality. It depends on so much stuff that it it becomes a real difficult question to answer. Because in some yeah, that 500 episode arc is the only thing that's ever going to work for them. You know, I, I would love to recommend Yu Yu Hakusho to people. It's 120 episodes. That's not going to work. Yeah. So that's- I guess, yeah, I guess my answer right off the bat would, I think Death Note also works because it, you know, if you look at modern day TV today, like Walking Dead and all that stuff, it's dark enough and it's 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 got your brain percolating enough that that enough people are going to love it. But I also think if you're going to go for the whimsy and adventure, I think Outlaw Star kind of fills that out for a lot of people. Or Trigun. Trigun would do it, too. I, I was just thinking that because I was like just thinking of Trigun because it has that whimsy feel. And you also, of course, have Bash, who's hilarious, but can also be a badass when it comes down to it. But he's also very comedic. Yeah. So it kind of fulfills both those aspects. Um, but just like what you said, when it comes down to personality, like, like another example with my dad is I got my dad to actually sit down and watch. It's not a shonen by any means at all, but he sat down and watched it with me and it was Crayon Shinchan. He sat there and watched all three seasons with me. Really? <laughs> and I think because of the fact it has that like South Park Simpsons family guy S okay, kind of all balled into one. He it, loved it. And he found it hilarious. Stuff, yeah. Yes. So he found it really funny. Whereas for like my mom, it definitely wouldn't be Jinjin. It would probably be something like, you know, she knows a lot about Sailor Moon. So it probably would be like Sailor Moon or maybe even like Peach Girl or something that has a lot more drama involved in it. Yeah. Or something. But my dad, he was watching that with me. He's seen a couple of episodes of Bleach also with me. Just because he's seeing the whole, he heard the whole, you bastard. And I'm just like, he's like, what is this? And I'm just like, oh, it's bleach. <laughs> Watch it with me. But Shin Chan, Shin Chan took it home. Shin Chan, he was sitting down watching every episode with me and he sounded hilarious. But very, you know, very funny. You know what? If he liked, if he liked South Park, if he liked Simpsons, then Shin Chan would work. Whereas yeah. my dad, like my dad watched a couple of things of Shin Chan and uh, what was the other one that was paired with it on Adult Swim for a while? Super Milk Chan, I think is what it was called. And mm-hmm. those two drove him nuts. <laughs> and he and he liked The Simpsons, but barely. So it's like, like occasionally they'd make that one joke that he laughed at. So like the perfect example is. Uh, I can't remember. It's the, the one where Homer goes into space. That's probably the first full episode my dad ever liked. Okay, because it had a bunch of engineering elements and, and jokes there that he just loved. But then he watched Shin Chan. He's just like, what the frick is this? Oh, and- no. My dad watched all those shows with my brother and I. We probably weren't supposed to watch them, but we watched The Simpsons, Family Guy, Futurama. I mean, my dad even bought my brother and I the South Park movie when it came out. And my mom was very upset because she was just like, why did you buy them this movie? And okay, then he I- even took Beavis and Butthead that we used to watch that, too really wow okay yes. <laughs> so so at that point I, I have to ask this now because you know we brought all these up has you has your dad ever seen fully Cooley? no he hasn't oh you need to introduce especially with that new season <laughs> coming up i'd almost be interested to see what your dad thought of fully Cooley. <laughs> like if he loves the outlandish crap that can happen sometimes in those shows think what fully Cooley's going to do to his brain have you have you ever seen fully Cooley? I have not. <laughs> it's sad. Oh my gosh. 
Oh my gosh. That, this is like one of those points where I actually want to sit in that living room and just see it blow both your minds. It's just kind of interesting because my dad, my dad and I are both on just a broad spectrum of what we like to watch in general. So my yeah. dad even bought, um, which one is it? I know it's the, it's the samurai anime. Uh, the, no, the other one. Uh, I think he's voiced by Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, Afro Samurai. Yes, Afro Samurai. Samurai. My dad bought it, and he has it, and he's watched it, and he thoroughly enjoyed it, as far as I know of. He's bought Battle Royale, because I kind of forced him to buy it, (laughs) because I was just like, it's really good. So he's on a broad spectrum, so he'll probably enjoy it also. I mean, I even want to show him Kuroko's basketball, because I'm like, you need to see this, because you like basketball, I like basketball, I think you might kind of enjoy it. Another one that I would actually be, be very interested in, and, and the chat is actually giving us a lot of really good ideas. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, another one that I'd be interested in, because you did a review for it, is Food Wars, just to see yes. what you'd actually do with it. Because, I'm, I'm concerned about Food Wars because it does have that aspect of when people try food that makes everyone yeah, feel mildly yes. uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In fact, it's because of those food gasms. So like my, my sister was very hardcore for a while, like when she was trying to teach herself to cook into watching the classic Japanese Iron Chef. Mm-hmm. So not, not the new one, because that wasn't out yet. But like she would watch the classic Japanese Iron Chef and she loved it. And so when I actually came across Food Wars for the first time, I'm like, you have to see this. And I sat her down and had her watch like the first couple of episodes she's she's not that big into anime like where she'll buy it but she was like sitting there going can i borrow your dvds when you actually get it <laughs> this is really funny it's like yeah you most certainly can because it's so stupid and how and actually yeah that's shonen i mean if you think about yukihiro soma he he acts like a shonen protagonist so there you go food wars yeah. another recommendation <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of others that are actually getting brought up in the channel are really good too. One Punch Man. We didn't even think about that. One I Punch haven't... Man. Oh my God. I think they're, and I heard they're finally coming out with the second season of One Punch Man after yep. all this time. And I, that, that, that one. Also, probably Attack on Titan. I mean, yeah, that would count. I yeah. Feel like um, that, that, one, that one, I would probably also I, count. Attack I, on Titan is. I've gotten into arguments with people about it. Like attack on Titan on Titan is too depressing for me. It honestly is, but I can understand why people love it the way that they do. Yeah. I just didn't understand Levi as a character for the longest time because before I started watching, and I told you this before, before I started watching attack on Titan, you know, everyone was like, Oh, Levi, I guess I could a character. He's a good character. So I'm thinking Levi is the main character. And then I started watching. I'm like, well, who is Levi, and where is he? And then he shows up in the middle of the season. Yeah, you're, and you're he talking the, do anything. You're talking the head of the Hunter Corps, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he, yeah, he's the was, he's the child prodigy kind of yeah. character. And no, it it follows. Uh, is it Aaron? Is that his name? Aaron. Yeah, his name yeah. is Aaron. And I was just like, oh well, then who's Aaron? But then of course I fell in love with love love with Mikasa. I was just like, oh, she's badass. She's saving Aaron's butt every chance you get. Love it. See, see what's funny is i can't do the series but that mm-hmm. at live action movie that is hilarious in some way hilariously bad, bad. I yes i i watched it i watched it with one of my friends who actually hadn't finished watching attack on titan so we and him we watched the part one and then we saw part two and he saw part one and was like i like that and i was like what is wrong with you i'm like the, well the cool part is is like the, the first cool. part is dark Okay, it, yes, it, it's it is. with the pacing, but then when you take part two and put it all together, I mean, it's it is 
absolutely silly. Like I, I went in, uh, so we, we actually did a group review for my other podcast, Geek News, where I brought our panel to go see Attack on Titan part one and part two. And by the end of that, and Alex is actually here, so he can he can clarify for me. But I think we were all busting a gut by the end of that. It's just like, this is so stupid that it's hilarious. This is like the only way I can actually take Attack on Titan is through this silly way of telling the story. I don't know why, but it works for me so much more than the series. Uh, another suggestion that we actually got was Angelic Lair. I don't know too much about that show uh, off the top of my head. Another one that we actually brought up that I think would fit. Uh, we brought this up with the Magical Girl anime one, but I think it actually fits more into the Shonen. Uh, is the Fate series? I think it's what it's called. Fate Stay. Fate, yeah, Fate Stay Night. Fate Stay Night, Fate, stuff like that. That that yeah. would probably work too for some people. I've only seen. I've seen one. I think I've seen one of that series, and. I didn't understand it, so I didn't continue on. But that was the only one that I watched. Um, another one I could think of is Mariah Miki, um, The Future Diaries. Okay, yeah. That's 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 shown in, and I actually I enjoyed that series a lot because the you know Gasai was just a crazy girl from the beginning. Yeah. But she just had me going from the beginning of the entire series, and I loved it. I, I will also point this one out too, just for the heck of it. If you want the if you want to enjoy the sillier tropes of Shonen, sit somebody down and have them watch Yu-Gi-Oh. Just just seriously yes. have them sit down and watch Yu-Gi-Oh. Because you will laugh your you'll laugh your butt off after a while. I, I I enjoyed that early on, but then when it got so outlandish, I'm just like I I can't even watch it seriously anymore. I just I pick up my favorite episodes and go, oh look, it's Kaiba coming out with belts on his arms again. Yep. So, or even, or even another one is um, uh, Beezlebub. Uh, that was actually kind of funny. It's a, it's considered a shonen, but that one where the kid has to take care but... of it, the kid has to take care of like the devil's child, and he's also kind of like a delinquent himself. And it's so weird, but it's so funny because he's supposed to be like a hero, but he's not really a hero. He's kind of like Yusuke. He's like that anti kind of a hero yeah. but you kind of you, you go to love him because he's really funny and take care of this kid and he shows compassion for this kid exactly. it's, really, it's so weird of a show all right well unfortunately we've actually run out of time for this podcast but this has actually been a really fun experience and i think we've given plenty of stuff for people to just go look into for the heck of it if you've never even seen uh some of these series because like i, I don't know every single series you brought up i'm sure that's the same case with me but mm -hmm. There's just so much there that people can enjoy out of it. And look, as much as Shonen is a serious uh, kind of genre, there's silliness add to, added to it as well. I mean, we didn't even bring up JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is Shonen. We didn't bring up One Piece, which is very outlandish. There's so many more series that you can technically go into that you would just enjoy the heck out of. Mm -hmm. um, so much so that you know, I have a feeling this is not even going to be the only episode where we talk about Shonen anime because there's so much to be able to go over. And actually, my buddy, the Shadow Blazer, did point out that technically Cowboy Bebop is Shonen. So oh, we, we could get away with it because that's like the ultimate gateway drug anime for a lot of people because it, it just fits so many niches together.
Uh, but yeah, we're, we're actually going to need to go ahead and wrap this up. I really wish we could go further than this. But <laughs> I know. That's why I try to keep these things as limited as we can. But first of all, I want to say thank you to Shay for showing up and in, in taking part in this conversation, as well as for the live chat. This has actually been a really amazing episode. And if people want to follow your content, Shay, how do they do that? I'll let you go ahead and plug yourself uh, uh, for, for ways people can follow your content and your blogs, your reviews, all that stuff. Yeah, so you can follow my content on youtube.com slash shaytaree. Um, on there, I post anime reviews, discussions. I post three times a week. I post Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Um, you also follow me on my blog, which is animereviewergirl.com. I also post my YouTube videos on there as well, so you can also watch them there. And, of course, I'm also on Twitter, which is shaytaree as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can find me all all on there. <laughs> yeah, and I, I actually couldn't I couldn't recommend you guys uh, more to Shay because I've actually so I'm I'm a solid fan of the motivational Mondays that you do. Um, I, I've seen like there have been a couple of weeks where where you haven't been able to do anything, and I understand that, but I always think that it, those are really good to be able to watch, especially during like the January to March doldrums where everybody kind of has that trouble of getting started in the morning. So I'm a solid fan of that. And I also have enjoyed a lot of your reviews in particular, your food wars review, which I think you actually <laughs> said you'll, ne- you'll never go back. And I'm like, Oh, please just, you have to go and see season two and three because it gets so much weirder after that. <laughs> I saw season two. I need to watch season three. <laughs> in fact, I'm trying to get the shadow blazer to watch because for one simple moment, and, and you'll have to agree with me on this, right? <laughs> Um, it was the, the, the match between Megumi and I can't remember the, the guy's name where it was like the ultimate brawl between the two of them. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he's, um, Ami Nakari's assistant. Oh yeah. Ryubo, I think is his name where they actually fought. And then all of a sudden, like we're, we're hearing about how violent and ruthless he is so much so that he took, uh, the, the head guy's robe and ripped it off kind of thing like because that's how you know this guy satisfies rips his robe off and uh when they actually get to her food and they give their scores and all and they start escorting them all out all of a sudden you see the head guy go and and we're just like what the heck and he goes off into the bathroom we find out that she actually did make him rip his clothes just not the ones you thought because it was i think it was his loincloth that got ripped of how ruthless her food was that's how silly anime can get yes it can get very silly so uh if people want to be able to follow me and my content because i do know that we actually have a a couple of new faces that i'm guessing are subscribed to you uh you can do so on this channel at direct 2326 that is where at least the first year's worth of why we geek episodes are there so everything from disney all the way up to star wars as we we covered last jedi last year and uh so you guys have plenty of stuff to take care of there i also do game reviews let's plays stuff like that that you guys can all follow on that channel if you want to follow me on social media you could follow my facebook page which is drac lp on facebook and then you could also follow me on twitter at drac2326 and you can ask me of you know what are my favorite shonen anime what i would recommend what is completely outlandish for people and keep in mind guys like i don't take anime seriously anymore <laughs> i can't do it there's just so much stuff to laugh at um especially when you look at how hammy some characters can actually get um in fact me and alex have been making this joke like one of these days we're gonna sit down and we're gonna watch free together uh because oh, we, we, sh- we, we got shown uh free abridged 
So like our buddy Aldo Gomez showed us free abridged and we were laughing our butts off and we just kind of looked at the animation and went, one of these days, we, we just have to sit down and watch this show for how weird it must get. So those are, those are the ways to be able to follow me. If you want to follow the podcast directly, the first thing that I recommend to you guys is support the RSS feed, which is whywegeek.podomatic.com. Eventually, this episode, even though it live streamed on YouTube, is going to make its way into the RSS feed so other people can enjoy it. And you can either catch that on the actual RSS feed on Podomatic, or you can look it up on iTunes or Google Play for Android users. So you can do that. And you can also follow Why We Geek on Twitter at Why We Geek. And uh, you'll get up to the minute information when I have a brand spanking new episode set up, uh, who's going to possibly be in it, things like that. I kept kind of secret for this one because it was supposed to be so paired. And it's actually really sad we couldn't make the Magical Girl one work out with Lita. But that's just the kind of the way things go. And really quick, I also want to plug this because, again, you are one half of the Senshi Annie Girls podcast which I believe goes once a month, isn't it? Yeah, we try to go once a month. It's a little bit harder for us to coordinate since we are on two very different sides of the world. So we're trying our best. Yeah, you're, you're like looking at a 15-hour difference. I got a 17-hour difference with Lita. That it's, it's pretty yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, can, yeah, you guys do once a month and you guys take on various topics. It doesn't necessarily need to be a series. You guys can take on being a fan. Uh, or being specifically, I think you guys have done one where you're a specific fan of manga compared to mm-hmm. anime. There's so much mm-hmm. more that you guys can check out there. And you can also follow them. Uh, so you can follow them on YouTube at Senshi Annie Girls Podcast. And then also you can follow them on Twitter, which is Senshi at Senshi Annie Girls. So you guys can figure out when they're going to be going live and their guests and what they're going to be talking about that particular uh, episode that they take on. So that's actually going to go ahead and do it for us. So thank you once again to Shay for showing up for Why We Geek. This has been really, really fun, actually. <laughs> and I look, and hopefully we can. Now, again, this is going to depend on you guys. But I mean, if you guys want her to come back, she's already told me that she's got plenty of other stuff she can talk about. So if you oh, guys yeah. want to see her back, let me know <laughs> in the comments below. And I'd be more than happy to bring her back. And yeah, continue to show your support for the podcast so we can continue to do this for many more years to come. And of course, for me and for Sherry, we'll see you guys next time for the next episode of Why We Geek.